Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything. Even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Defense. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant. AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Thursday, May 20th. I wonder how many people are listening to this after staying up on the East Coast super late. Last night, watching the play-in game. Everybody's bashing the play-in. And I probably was texting like 37 different people about the Lakers-Warriors thriller last night. But before we get to that, and Rob G, I'm sure he can't wait to give his flowers to Steph Curry, who was amazing. I mean, what he was doing to Dennis Schroeder, illegal in at least 12 states. I mean, it was it was just so unbelievable. How could you not love Curry? But the game was great. Before all that, I have to say, we have a tremendous guest today. A living legend stops by the podcast. Peter Vesey. Now, I know the millennials will be like, I don't know the guy. Let me fast forward through that so I can get to the LeBron versus Curry takes. Guys, I'm just going to tell you, in the history of NBA media, we all know Woj is awesome, and a bunch of other guys have a huge impact in the media, but Peter Vesey was the guy 
in the 1990s and early 2000s as like, you know, the reporter who broke a ton of stories. He broke the death of Drazen Petrovic. He broke the uh, Gilbert Arenas gun story in Washington, D.C. He broke the Latrell Sprewell choking um, his coach, P.J. Carlissimo. This guy, he was so dominant in the 90s as a reporter. Uh, you know, he was in based in New York. He really, you know how I just said Steph Curry took a blowtorch to Dennis Schroeder? Well, in our chat, Peter Vesey basically depantsed Jim Gray. He lit Charles Barkley on fire with, you know, I thought I was aggressive going after Barkley. And I mean, Peter Vesey just destroys him. Um, he has a beef with Magic Johnson. He may have called him a con man uh, at some point in the conversation. Um, he basically ripped Michael Jordan. I mean, like Peter Vesey, and he knows all these guys. He covered them. He knows the stories that are untold. And it's tremendous. You guys will love it. But before we get to Peter Vesey, I thought we would talk about the Yankees throwing a no-hitter. Psych! Obviously, they did. That's great. Another no-hitter in baseball. We'll probably talk about that, you know, someday soon. But, I mean, listen, uh, the Grizzlies-Spurs game was kind of fun. It was a push. Uh, John Morant missed some free throws. It cost me some money. But the real story was LeBron versus Steph Curry. And it was it was one of those games where you're like, oh, the play-in. Yeah, that felt like game seven. Uh, LeBron, 35 minutes. The guy hasn't played 35 minutes since March 18th, and he had a triple-double. I don't know uh, if this will go down as a triple-double because apparently the stats for the play-in games like don't go anywhere. They don't go to your regular season. They don't go to your playoff. They just, you know, go they go away. They're nothing, which is good for guys like Dennis Schroeder, who was unspeakably awful. Minus 20 in 30 minutes. He had to be pulled off the court down the stretch because he was so bad. Alex Caruso came in and was pivotal defensively against Curry. Really the only guy who could contain Curry a little bit. Um, but overall, this was a LeBron game. And this was LeBron beating Curry in a game that the Warriors, if I don't have the final tally, I would guess the Warriors led for 46 minutes, 45 minutes. Um they dominated the first half. I think NBA executives were pooping their pants um, and very nervous about the prospect of the Lakers having to beat the Memphis Grizzlies to then get in the playoffs. But LeBron saved the day. He came in in the uh, late third quarter, and this is pretty much when it turned. LeBron ended with 22, 11, and 10. But he made some passes that were just, oh my gosh, you know, just threading the needle to Kuzma. Kuzma, by the way, nice minutes off the bench. By the way, Montrez Harrell, I counted zero minutes in the second half. Just file that away. Um, don't know how happy he can be about that, but they won, so who cares? Uh, LeBron threaded the needle to Caruso. Uh, Caruso, by the way, 14 points. Really nice performance. And then, of course, the shot everybody's talking about, LeBron's three over Steph Curry from about 25 feet out in a tie game to beat the shot clock in the final minute. Just an incredible shot by LeBron. What I want to know is, what did Steph Curry say to LeBron when he was coming up? Because I'm sure you guys have seen the replay a million times by now. KCP kicks it out to Bron. Curry is in no man's land, rushes over, and you could see his mouth moving, and then he touches LeBron in the chest. I thought that was illegal now. LeBron still splashes it, and then LeBron gestures, I can't see, because, and I think we'll talk about this, this will be the big story, was him getting basically poked in the eye by Draymond Green in what was clearly a flagrant foul. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fans listening to this saying, I'm a homer. Guys, look at the damn replay. 
Draymond did not make a play on the ball. He went, didn't even make a play on the arms of LeBron. He went right to the face. And you know why? Because he didn't want to get dunked on. He was caught in no man's land. LeBron was raising up. LeBron, though, I don't really know if he had the legs to dunk that late in the game. Draymond goes right to the face, both hands to the face. And afterward, LeBron's eye was, uh, something was going on with it. But it was, you know, listen, I always have liked Draymond Green. Um, I, I tell my kids, listen, you know, there's only one or two guys who are going to be able to take everybody off the dribble. You've got to get in where you can fit in. If you could be a three-point sniper, great. If you can play defense, great. If you could be a high IQ player, great. Draymond is all that, but he was 0 for 5. He scored two points from the foul line. Nine rebounds, eight assists, great defense on Anthony Davis, but he had six turnovers, a pivotal one late on an illegal screen that was not a great call, and he had five personal fouls, a tech, and it should have been a flagrant. So, I didn't think Draymond Green had a particularly good game offensively. He was phenomenal defensively. And then the dirty shot to LeBron, his buddy. Um, and uh, Rob G, my big takeaway from this is the Lakers lost game one to Portland last year. Everybody panicked. The Lakers lost game one to Houston. Everybody got nervous. The Lakers were fine, ultimately. This feels different. This is a Laker team that I believe this stat to open the show, uh, not the show, but the game was the starting lineup of Drummond, who, by the way, twisted a knee and didn't return. Uh, They were kind of better when he left. Drummond, AD, LeBron, KCP, and Schroeder had played three games together. It was something like 200 minutes or even less. Um, And that's troubling. And they look disjointed. Um, They're going to play a team with a little more firepower than the Golden State Warriors. And I don't know if it's going to be as easy as everybody thought. My big takeaway is um, this Laker team is going to be in some, this is going to be a brutal postseason for them. They're probably going to have some six or seven game wars and they're going to really have to rely on LeBron heavily because I, 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 I just didn't like what I saw. Do you agree, Rob? Um, I don't know if I would go that far. I think that um, they played so badly in the first half. I mean, I don't know how many games you're ever going to see playoffs, preseason, regular season, summer league, where a team's three best players are four for 28 shooting. I mean, that may have been the worst half of basketball I've seen since the Nick Young, Jordan Hill, Jeremy Lin Lakers. Like, it was horrible. And, um, you know, once they settled in, it, it, they looked like the Lakers again. I mean, they were down by 13 at the half, and and midway through the fourth quarter, it looked like my double-digit blowout victory was going to come to fruition because they were up seven, and LeBron, for whatever reason, pulls up for a 35-foot three-pointer during a fast break. And that's kind of what got a little back and forth with Steph Curry. Um, well, wait, well, well, Rob, let's remember, um, at the end of the third I think Curry, did Curry go out at the end of the third or just to start the fourth? Start the fourth. Okay. Once he was out and Draymond was out as well, the Lakers took control of the game, right? Yes. And it felt at that moment, okay, we're going to get the cover. By the way, Lakers did not cover the spread. Um, yeah. Uh, but the game was great. So it's one of those things where I don't mind losing money. I won on the Celtics, blah, blah, blah. When the Lakers took control early fourth, you're like, oh, that was a genius move by Vogel keeping LeBron and AD in with Draymond and Curry out. That was very clear that the Lakers were in control then. Then Curry comes back in and Vogel makes the move of putting Schroeder back in. And I don't know, Dennis Schroeder, 
Rob, I don't want to kill Schroeder, but I mean, (laughs) Rob, he was terrible. Oh, he was a team worst minus 20 in 30 minutes. When the next closest Laker was uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope minus seven. I mean, he had a horrible game. If he's thinking he's going to get $100 million off of a game like that, he's got sorely mistaken. But I think that his issue was Steph Curry got a little flurry going there in in the um, end of the second quarter. And then from there, he was just completely out of his game. He was biting on every hezzy. He, uh, when Steph would make a big shot, he'd hang his head immediately. I mean, he looked mentally broken. Yeah. Well, that's what Curry will do to you, dude. Yeah. And, and credit to, to Frank Vogel though, for recognizing that. And in the last three minutes (sighs) saying, I'm going to bench my starting point guard, who is the third best player on our team and put in Wes Matthews. And, and well, put, uh, he also Caruso. put in Caruso. <laughs> but I mean, you know, recognizing I'm gonna, I'd rather play this guy who was played what not even ten minutes a game over the last two and a half months versus what Matthews my had point some key guard. minutes there though. Yeah, I mean, again, saying. like he's that, just moving the ball and stuff. But credit to, for making the tough decision. I mean, Montrez Harrell. I, we talked about this before. I said if the Lakers don't get to where they expect to go, which is the championship, it'll be because of clutch sports. And you saw <laughs> Andre Drummond was terrible. Um, with not not saying his play was terrible, but his fit on the court with Anthony Davis and LeBron yeah. James was horrible. You yeah, know, AD having to settle yeah, for they, yeah. for twenty foot jump shots, and that's why he started out. I think like two for twelve. Yeah. You know, um, Montrez Harrell uh, uh, again clogging up the lane for Anthony Davis. Once they went back to what got them last year, AD at the five, Alice Caruso playing tough defense in the, on the front lines. Um, in this case, it was Wes Matthews instead of Cantavius Caldwell Pope playing good defense on the wings and letting LeBron dictate what he does. That's how they will turn the game he, around. And that's how but here's the, the thing, Rob. Like, AD has made it clear he don't want to play center. And he played, I believe, 21 of his 42 minutes at center. This is a guy who had an Achilles issue. Um, Long term, that strategy ain't going to work. Now, this was obviously a different game. Um, they needed this game badly. Um, you know, I don't see Anthony Davis playing 42 minutes against the Suns. Uh, th- those are games where you'll you'll need a lot of Montrezl Harrell because, frankly, I uh, again, Anthony Davis is a superstar. He's a top 10 player. The guy's going to the Hall of Fame. You could already he, he's a great player. He looked like he didn't want it from Draymond in the first half. I mean, he he's just sitting on the perimeter, settling for all these bombs, fading away. I think he hit the side of the backboard in the third quarter. I, I, I just sometimes I, he's a perplexing player, is he not? Oh, a thousand percent. Based on talent, he is, I would say, if he's not number one, like two or three most talented player in the NBA. The problem is he doesn't have that mental, I'm going to destroy you every time down the court attitude offensively. And and the, the thing is, and, and I think that the Lakers might benefit from this, is that they're not going to face another defender like Draymond Green unless like Ben Simmons gets to the finals. You and know, also, the, yeah, I, I would say like Devin Booker's a different guard than Curry because Curry never stops moving. Like if you have to guard him, you're exhausting a lot of energy defensively. And you could tell Schroeder just didn't have it offensively. He, he just, he, he was out of sorts. I don't know if he was tired again. The guy was in COVID protocols, but I, like Booker's a little different. Is it weird to say the Suns? Don't scare me as much as the Warriors scared me, given the Lakers just coming back together as a team. Does that sound weird? No, I don't think so at all. And also, you got to look at just the matchups. I mean, 
Draymond Green is a great matchup for Anthony Davis. The Warriors didn't have a, a matchup really for LeBron James, but neither do Phoenix. And there's nobody on the Phoenix roster that is going to move without the ball the same way that Steph Curry does. Yeah. And, he and puts I'll just, so much pressure on the defense. And, and I'll just yeah. say this. If Klay Thompson comes back at even 75% of what he was, maybe that Warriors championship window isn't as slam shut as we all thought. Because you forget how much pressure it puts on a defense when you have to cover back screen after back screen and pin down away from the basketball. And it just goes against everything that most of these teams do nowadays, and that's why they're, they're so tough to cover offensively. And, yeah, and just remember, when Clay's out there, it ain't going to be Jordan Poole hoisting the game-tying three from the corner. By the way, Jordan Poole tried to detonate on LeBron. Did you see that? I mean, Rob, that was one of those, like, oh, my God. You start, first of all, the crossover on Wes Matthews is filthy. And Jordan Poole just rose up, and you're like, oh, my gosh, LeBron's going to challenge him? And it was like, oh, Jordan Poole can go. I, you know, this is going to sound crazy. Uh, what, you might be onto something with this Warriors thing next. Can you imagine next year uh, they could get the um, Timberwolves pick? Because I think uh, it, based on the lottery, they could end up with the top 10 pick. Um, and some of these guys, like in small doses, Mulder, Toscano, Anderson, Poole, I mean, we're not even seeing Pashal, who was like a pretty good double-digit scorer, I think, as a rookie. Um, and, and again, like Kelly Oubre, James Wiseman, maybe will get a clue. Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson comes back. All of a sudden, you've got. You're right. These Warriors, they're not. I don't think they're done. I will say this: if you're LeBron and you're watching Curry, you're like, ooh. Man, I would love that. What could I do to get Curry in L.A.? Because uh, I'm just telling you, 37 points, six of nine from three, and he doesn't he doesn't play like he's 33, does he, Rob? I mean, he's constantly moving. Yeah, he he plays like Ray Allen played back in the day, but with much more ball handling ability that makes him even more dangerous off the dribble. Because Ray Allen back in the day was coming off all those screens too. Yeah, I, I, did, did you see when they were down three, the Lakers had, I think it was KCP and Caruso, or Matthews and Caruso, both on Curry, like 70 feet from the basket. They were just bracketing him before he could even get the ball over half court. Like, you don't ever see that. It, it, was, it wasn't like a half court trap either. It was like, okay, we're not letting this guy get by us and get a shot off. I, I, just amazing. Um, amazing. All around, uh, fun. Rob G, you love the play-in, don't you? Oh, I hate the plan. It's, ah, it's a terrible idea. It. it was a great game. And, and I will say this, and, and it's crazy to even think this kid, what, 37 points, Steph Curry? I didn't even feel like he had a Steph Curry-type game that I, that he could have had. Because yeah. he got he started off really slow, and it wasn't until the end of the second quarter where we were like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah. You know that Curry flurry's coming. So, uh, listen, the NBA playoffs are underway. Uh, we're probably not going to get numbers on um, the audience for that uh, until late today. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess, what do you think, 5 million? Is that low? That I mean, the largest, right. the largest NBA audience this year was something about 2 million. So I'm saying it's going to be double. I mean, listen, if you were anywhere um, and you check the score and you're like, oh, maybe I need to turn this on. Um, and I, I would assume, you know, a lot of people on the East Coast stayed up late. So I'll go 5, 6 million for that game. That, that was just awesome. Well, I read that um, the... Uh Celtics Wizards at 2.5 million was the highest non-opening night rated game. 
I would and be shocked. Was, yeah. I would be shocked if this last night's play-in game between the Warriors and the uh, Lakers is not the highest-rated game until the NBA Finals. Yes, I would 100%. Well, unless, you know, there's a Game 7 Lakers-Suns, uh, Game 7 Lakers-Clippers. Uh, I, I, listen, I don't know. I, I don't want Lakers fans to panic. It's just the play-in. We'll do plenty more uh, on the NBA Plus. I'm glad, hey, well, I'm glad they're here. Uh, all right, without further ado, let's get to our guest, the legendary Peter Vesey. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. Find your seats. I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This will never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the tagline. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy who has been basically an NBA oracle for, I don't know, 30-plus years. 
This is a guy who broke the story about Latrell Sprewell choking P.J. Carlissimo, uh, Drazen Petrovic's passing. Um, I think he broke the Gilbert Arenas gun story in the locker room. He is a legend, Peter Vesey. Peter, how are you, man? I'm good. So two things. So you didn't do your homework. Oh, <laughs> you, well, right out of the gate. I love it. I love it. No, no, well, hold on. If, if, if you, you can't think that I broke something, you got to know it, man. I, yeah, I broke the Gilbert Arenas one. I broke the, the Colissimo one. And and uh, it's it's at least forty five years I did the NBA. I was a I was the national columnist, the first one of its kind in any sport that began in nineteen seventy seven when right after Rupert Murdoch bought the Post, and I was given the column. And then uh, everybody followed suit and became specialists, but I was the only specialist at the time. And so from seventy seven to two thousand and twelve, I had a column. Before that. I was working at the Daily News for uh, 14 years and yeah. covering the ABA and the NBA. So Yeah, I, I went with 30 because that's how long I've been reading you. I wasn't even born when you were covering the NBA. Yeah, I mean, you're such a veteran. Uh, we, we got a lot to cover. Uh, and I like how Peter's firing right out of the gate. Um, the yeah. column was called Hoop Du Jour. Did I get that correct? Correct. Yes, okay. Um, I, I want to start here. Does the Peter Vesey brand of journalism the way you would cover the league in the 90s aggressively to the point that you and David Stern kind of had a bit of a falling out when you got to NBC does that even exist anymore or is everything so intermingled from the media to the players everybody's cozy now social media is it just completely different than the way you covered the league back then okay Jason so right out of the gate you're wrong again (laughs) Stern and I never Stern and I never had a falling out regarding NBC ever. Ever. Uh, so he didn't. He didn't ever. push to get you removed from NBC, huh? He did not. No. Because that's he been did. before. I read that multiple places. Uh, you know what? Again, it's for people who don't do their homework. Mm. Um, he, he absolutely had me fired oh. when I was. <laughs> well, wait, hold on. Totally different. <laughs> Let me know when you finish laughing. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, continue. Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to know the facts. So I, I was the first first guy hired to do uh, USA Network, the NBA's first cable network. And I was hired to do uh, halftime, halftime stuff. So they would come into my apartment, set up in my living room, push the furniture around, and they, they would say, okay, what do you got? And so I think it was the second, maybe the third time that they did that. It was terrible. It, it, it sucked. It was, it was so forced and, and I was so nervous. So anyway, so the second or third time I knocked, said something uh, untoward about either Spencer Hayward or Bernard King. Absolutely true what I said, but it didn't matter. So, so David Stern, who was, you know, running the show it was a, it was a league cable network. He he fired me, and uh, and so, but he paid me for the whole year. So I only had to work like three weeks, and I got paid for the whole season. And uh, at, at the time, as the story goes, the real story, you know, I just uh, built a house and on an island off Long Island, and uh, we were trying to furnish it, and so we furnished it, uh, the living room and the dining room with the money that he paid me and we called it the David Stern room. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, I, I became 
really okay. Let me tell you, really okay. Certainly, never yeah, once, I mean, yeah. Never once did he ever call me on anything I said on NBC when I joined NBC. You know, uh, after a, a fifty-man audition, and I was one of two chosen. He said to me, "He said we're ready for you now. We're good." Never um, said anything. Okay, oh, so instead go. of going back, let's pivot off the journalism question for a second and the NBC. 50 guys tried out for that, huh? 50, yeah, 50. We all, I think I think most of us, maybe all of us, tried out alongside Marv Albert. Yes, and, uh, and then And then uh, two of us, two of us were chosen, and it was Bob Ferry, who was the retired general manager of you know, the Bullets, who won a championship in 78, and, and Peter Vesey from the New York Post. Um, and that was pretty much, I, I think that was the first NBC pregame show that the NBA had had? No. So the first, the first pregame show was my show, uh, which, you know, many people, including yourself, have no recollection of. It was... Uh, I, I came up with the idea to do a, a pregame show for the NBA. It did not have one. I, I wish I could give you the exact year, but I can't. But anyway, it was uh, so um, I pitched it and uh, it, it, we, we, had a, we had an audition and our audition, our audition was Hubie Brown, Earl Monroe, hmm. Mike, Mike Breen and myself. And I, I chose, I chose everybody. I chose Yubi to be my, my co-host. Mike was going to lead us in. You know, he was very young, obviously, just out of Fordham, basically. And um, and Earl Monroe came on as the guest, and 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 it sold. So we did, we did ten pregame shows for CBS, and it was up to the affiliates whether they were going to pick it up or not. Um, so the first year, ten shows, I'd say it was between 73 and 77% of the affiliates picked it up. They could put it on pregame. They could put it on halftime. They could put it on postgame, whatever. So yeah. it, it was, it was very successful. And, and so the second season, they, they, I believe they gave us, uh, they gave us, it was a $2 million budget. And we were going to do at least 10, maybe, maybe 15 or 20 more that next year. And the guy who was the director uh, whose name is going to slip me? Uh, let me see. Columbia's play to Columbia. Ah, did the game of the week on football. He, he was a degenerate gambler, <laughs> and oh, he stole all our money. They didn't even pay us for the ten segments we did, and he wound up going to jail. Oof. And uh, and you know what? He was. He was, uh, you could look it up. I mean, he was when Will Chamberlain was playing. He was played at Columbia. God, I can't my tongue. But he led, the, he led the nation in scoring, for Christ's sake. He was like 5'8". Wow. I mean, I can, I can curse on this, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, Say whatever I, you want, yeah. I hated that motherfucker. He cost me millions. <laughs> cost me millions. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Went, yeah, he went to jail. I had to sue his partners to get paid, and I only got paid two-thirds of it. And I got Hubie paid two thirds of it, and he never contributed to my lawyer fees, by the way. And, and um, is the guy's name by yeah. any chance Chet Forty? Yeah, Chet Forty. There Chet you go. 40. Okay. He gets out of jail, and he has he gets a fucking radio show in San Diego, and calls me up, and wants me to be a guest. 
you know? After he stole and, your money? Yeah. Oh, no, this guy, no shame, no shame whatsoever. You know, think about Columbia, you know, in those days, it was a, it was a, uh, infested with gamblers, you know, that, uh, that got thrown out of the NBA. And he was one of them. He didn't make the NBA, but guys from Columbia, man, they were gamblers. They were degenerates. And so, you know, I cursed him out on the phone. I hope that, you know, I wish that he died and he did. And I, and I, you know, and if I, if I had been close to his grave, I would have pissed on it. Oh, but, geez. but so yeah, you know, me and me and uh, Method Man, we would have uh, <laughs> pulled out our Charles, pulled out our Charles Dickens. <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything. Even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Defense. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
Can we do the Gilbert Arenas thing? I mean, I don't know how comfortable you are talking about that. Gilbert Arenas recently has yeah. got in this uh, social media pissing contest with Kwame Brown. It doesn't sound like yeah. it's going to end well for anybody. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm all for what, what, Kwame. By the way, I'm all for Kwame because, you know, it, it, it's always bothered me that, you know, these guys, they can they can go up there and they can take on Kwame Brown. You know, Stephen A., he can take on Kwame Brown. Really? I mean, the guy was a role player. Whose fault was it that he didn't make it big? Whose fault? The person who drafted him, number one? Who was that idiot? You know, why, why would Michael Jordan try to tear a guy down when he's 18 years old instead of trying to build him up? You know, what an asshole he was. So they don't ever talk about the things that Kwame did well. You know, what a, what a great runner he was. What a great defensive uh, player he was in the post. You know, the picks that he set, all that. They don't talk about that. I'm probably the first person that's ever talked about it. But I know, I know what Kwame was worth as a role player. So they're going to hold it against him his whole life because he didn't make it the way that the asshole who drafted him so high, you know, <laughs> so expectations were r- ridiculously, you know, you know, not, not there for him. So anyway, so what was your question? It, no, it's it's funny. You bring up Jordan being an asshole. And uh, Peter, the Haitiography from Michael Jordan, it's like he never missed a shot in the playoffs. He's the greatest player ever by a mile. Nobody can ever touch him. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Peter, you were covering the league in the 80s. Like, this guy couldn't get by the great Pistons. He couldn't get by the great Celtics. I know he didn't have the help around him. But, I mean, Michael Jordan, once you start really digging into the 90s, and then you start to dig in when Michael Jordan quit the NBA twice and then tried to come back with the Wizards and, you know, the Kwame Brown stuff. I don't know that – I just feel like people are, you know, glossing over a lot with Jordan just to gas him up and, and kick down guys like LeBron for some reason. Well, I, I don't I don't want to put LeBron into this at all. But, you know, look, Jordan Jordan showed who he was in the uh, in, in the documentary. Yeah. He showed, what a, he showed what a bully he is. He showed how boastful he is. We all know what a great player he was. There's no, no question about that. But, well, you know, like you said, he, he wasn't able to get by those, those great teams until, you know, he and Pippen, who he, by the way, you know, was really he bullied him in practice. And, 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 you know, it helped him, obviously. It helped Scotty to, to advance and be recognized. But, you know, he, he didn't care who he hurt. There were many guys on that team he hurt. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, it is glossed over now. Some of the guys did comment on it in the documentary, but there were a lot of a lot of stuff in that doc that wasn't told, and a lot of the stuff was so old and and tried, and you know they had. Well, these he guys had final up. he had final say on the whole thing, so I'm sure that there's a lot of stuff that should have been in. What should have been in there that the people don't know? Well, I'm not going to go there because if I ever do finish my book, it'll be in that. So I'm not going to go there. But there was plenty, let me tell you. Plenty. Uh, I don't, I've been told when I was asking around about the interview, hey, I'm going to talk to Peter Vesey. One of the first things a couple people said was, you got to ask him about Larry Bird. Nobody talks better about Bird than Peter Vesey and Bob Ryan. So uh, talk about Larry Bird. Just anything you've got on Larry Bird, who, yeah, well, uh, again, had to retire early. People forget. I think he was out of the league at like 32 or 33, Peter. Yeah, I'm not sure of the age. It might have been a little later. But, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I've told him to his face. Favorite player of all time. Absolutely. Not only not only my favorite player to watch, uh, but he was my favorite player to hang out with. 
because he never told me off the record ever. He was a storyteller. You know, I used to call him, you know, the Will Rogers of the NBA. And, um, and so we, you know, we wound up having, you know, a great relationship, uh, even when he was a coach and when he was, you know, as a general manager, president of the Pacers. So, I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. I, I just think he's, uh, he was, he was unbelievable to be around. I am so fortunate to be around him and, you know, and Julius Irving and, and, and even Jordan for sure. You know, it was many times that he helped me. Um, with things, but, uh, Larry, Larry, I know I could always go to him for the truth. And, and, you know, people are going to say that, and by the way, I named him Larry legend, which everybody, you know, doesn't recognize, but they're, they're willing to t- talk about me naming Joe Barry Carroll, Joe Barry apathy and all those, you know, all these <laughs> negative, all these other nicknames that I give, but Hey, how about I named Jordan air Jordan, his first exhibition game at the garden as a rookie, you know, so but whatever. So um, I, I, I love I love Bird, and uh, I told him uh, the last time we spoke in person. I told him, I mean, you know, I, I'm having so much trouble writing my book. I said, but I don't, I don't, I don't believe I would have had any trouble writing your book. And I wish you had asked me. You know, Ryan, Ryan, I think did two of them, and I don't know, other people did books. I said I would have loved to have written your book because every time that I was with him, he gave me stuff that was not in his book. Mm. And I've written that as a two, two or three chapters of my book, if it ever comes out, if I ever finish it. But yeah, he gave me he gave me just tremendous, tremendous stuff. So, you know, and I told this story before, you know, I, I said to him when he became the president of uh, of the page. No, when he became coach of the Pacers, I guess. And we had a, a dinner. I went out to Indianapolis and I had uh, lunch with uh, he, and, he and Donnie Walsh. And at that table a day, I said to you, and all the time I've known you, you've never said off the record once. And his response was, you know, why, why would I care what you write? I don't read your shit. How can you not like that guy? Yeah, he, he does. He legitimately did not care. Now, a guy, you, you mentioned a bunch of stars. You did not mention Magic Johnson. Um, I did find that he, I don't know what the situation is between you two, but in 2011, he took some kind of shot at you on Twitter. You know, Twitter is whatever it is, but um, what's the relationship like with Magic? Did you guys have a falling out? Uh, yeah, I, I can tell you exactly when it was. Uh, I will write about it in my book, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I never, you know, forget how it started, which is which is the main thing. Um, I never had any... Um, I never, I never thought he was any good on television. You know, total bullshit, total, total uh, con man, total. You know, not telling you anything. You know, the, anybody in the, in the in 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 watching in the stands couldn't tell you. So I always thought he was stealing money, and uh, you know, I got on him for his talk show and uh, you know whatever that was. And uh, so yeah, so it's carried over. But at one time, you know, one time we were, uh, you know, we were good. You know, we were good, and uh, and he was very, very helpful, uh, you know, after games and stuff. He was, you know, really good that way. Um, you know, I got on him big time. You know, I don't mind telling you that because it's history. But, you know, when he, when he had everything to do with Paul Westhead getting fired, you know, like how many games into the season, um, he was – he 
was behind that. He wanted to be traded. You know, he didn't like the fact he wasn't getting the ball. He didn't like the fact that the, the offense is geared around Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, slowing down for him. He wanted to run. So did the owner. And so he was, uh, he was let go. You know, and again, the, the, the people always thought, you know, I deal in rumors, really. So, you know, I found something the other day. Cause I have all my columns. I found something the other day that I had wrote, wrote uh, I'd say, uh, three or four games into the season. And somebody from the Lakers, you know, leaked me the story and said, Westhead's in trouble. And, uh, and, and I printed it. And, um, and he was, even though he won five games in a row, he, they fired him. And so, you know, people said, well, why, you know, why would somebody from the Lakers do that? And the reason is they, they did it because I was the national columnist and they wanted to, to uh, gauge what the reaction would mm-hmm. be. Yep. And, and so, you know, I, I guess there wasn't that great a reaction, you know, but I killed them. I wrote a column about, I remember I wrote a, a whole column about all the other things that Magic Johnson wants. I remember one was, uh, you know, he wanted, he wanted water view from his locker room, you know, and from his locker. Um, and, and I remember I was out in Utah and uh, they, their season ticket people were right around then. They say, no, quiet, quiet. That's my dog. Quiet. Yeah, so they, 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 they had me come to their season ticket meeting before a game and I read them. <laughs> so, you know, the 40 of them, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so you know, a lot of history, a lot of history, but that wasn't the main thing. You're gonna have to. Yeah, that, that's fine. Uh, eagerly awaiting the book. I want to ask you, uh, Peter, about Charles Barkley. Um, I know he is an entertainer, and everybody loves him now. Peter, I, you say you're not up on the NBA currently, but I will tell you this: all Charles Barkley loves to do is go on TV and bash current players for joining forces with other players and teaming up and demanding trades. When, Peter, you know this very well, it's well documented that in the 90s, Barkley demanded out of Philly, I know he had been in the bar fight and everything, demanded out of Phoenix, he like one, only wanted to go to contenders. Why can Barkley... Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. He, he, he didn't demand out of Philly. They demanded he go. They couldn't well, take him anymore. Qu- and I he, broke, he has I broke- quotes. He has quotes that he said. I've thrown them out many times. Like he's quoted in papers as saying, "I want to be out of here. I need to get to a contender." Phoenix was not a contender, my friend. Well, so they were, I don't know were as soon as they got Barkley, they were. They went to the finals. Barkley was the MVP of the league. He didn't go to a contender. They became a contender. He went. He went for Hornacek and two fringe players. I think Andrew Lang and stuff. I broke that story too. The, the original the original trade was Kevin Johnson was supposed to be in the trade and not Hornacek. And they pulled out right at the last minute and they said, hey, either take it or leave it. Because his, his value was nothing. His value was nothing. Nobody wanted him. He was an asshole. He was tough. To, teammates didn't like him. Cunningham retired rather than coach him. Julius retired rather than be his teammate. So, you know, so he went, to, all right, yeah. And he went and he became the MVP. He wound up losing, you know, two 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 series to Houston because he was out partying, you know, when they were up three, one in both of us, or yeah, I think it was up three, one in both. And, and so, um, yeah. So what else about Barkley? Yeah. You know, I don't look, I don't know if he's knocking plays for whatever. It's interesting. You know, you say, you know, you mentioned Phoenix, but that's not the key one. The, the key one was Houston. Houston too. He, yeah. And, okay. He wanted out. He wanted out. They wanted him out. 
His teammates wanted him out. Kevin Johnson and A.C. Green went to Jerry Colangelo, the owner, wanted him traded. They did not want to be with him anymore. Westfall loved him because he got him to the finals. You know, he made him yeah. a contender for three years while he coached him. But so, so they traded. They tra- he, he won. They traded him to a contender, a team that had won two championships. And uh, and, and notice what he did there. You know, they didn't win it with him. You know, I mean, I remember, I remember Scotty Pippen. I mean, he couldn't believe that this guy was coming to to play with him in Houston and saw how overweight he was and how how he didn't want to practice. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to work out. He didn't want to get in the weight room. I mean, the guy, the guy is, oh man, he's a fraud. That's what he is. Was he a hell of a player? Yes, he was. He was. But, you know, it should bother him more than anybody that he didn't get what he could have gotten out of his talent, except for maybe a couple of years, you know, that champ, that, that MVP year. Yeah. He got everything out of it. No, no question. I, I just, I love your truth telling throughout history. Like you're willing to say the truth. I feel like Barkley is the opposite. Like you, you called him a fraud. Again, this is a guy who bashes current players. He did all the same other crap. Like all he does is rip James Harden. I mean, James Harden's in strip clubs and James Harden wants out of Houston. You just detailed everything that Barkley did in the 90s, which is similar, except yeah, you can add getting up. in fights and throwing people through glass windows. Well, look up other stuff that he did while he was in Phoenix. You know, there was a big sex party that uh, he was involved in where there was an awful lot going on and that, that the the uh, top papers in Phoenix didn't didn't handle. But the, uh, you know, the underground papers wrote about extensively. Um I mean, he, he was doing stuff all over, all over Arizona. It got so bad in Arizona that his daughter went to Philadelphia to college. And I, and I you know, really got out of there, you know. And uh, I don't think his wife went with him. I, I know Maureen. I used to see her. I'm a Phoenix guy. I'm there all the time. And I used to see her driving around, you know, in the convertible. And I, I didn't see Charles in that car. But but I um, I think it's, it's so... It, it, <laughs> It, it, it's so unbelievably great that his daughter became a journalist. I think that's just fabulous. <laughs> Back in your face, Charles. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, do you do you kind of uh, some of these '90s stuff, Peter? And again, I'm not going to bash the NBA in the '90s, but you look up the expansion era when it started. It was like '88 to 1995. They added, I believe, six expansion teams. There wasn't a ton of guys from Europe like there are now, overseas international players. You know, how good was the NBA in the 90s? I, I, I would say the 80s obviously was vastly superior um, than the 90s. And, you know, again, it, uh, Michael Jordan dominated the 90s when Magic and Bird and Isaiah were basically done. And the 90s was an expansion era. Uh, do you think the 90s was, was as great as everybody likes to think it was? I'm not going to pretend that I know. I, I, I've never thought about it. You know, it's never meant anything to me to to uh, start calculating one era versus another. It was a great era to to cover basketball. You know, the Knicks were really tough. The Pacers were tough. Mm-hmm. Um, Utah was tough. You know, there there were there were a lot of good teams patrolling. You know, and uh, so I don't know. You'll have to figure that on your own. I, I want to ask you about your relationship with Dr. J. You guys, uh, you know, I believe he was the best man at your wedding. That is that accurate? Correct. Yeah. Uh, t- just tell me about Dr. J. People forget uh, he was, you know, for a time, greatest player in the world. I think he was probably the best player in the NBA until, you know, Magic or Larry or jo- Jordan took it. 
Right. Well, you know, so he showed up in 77. They showed up in 80. Um, look, I, uh, I put up a picture of myself a couple of days ago. I actually went, I was in Harlem for, for an event and I went over to the Rucker playground, Rucker park, took a picture of myself there and, and, uh, put up something. And, uh, so that's where Julius and I started, um, our relationship for real. I'd written about him in college, but when he came out of UMass after junior year, I asked him to to join my team that I was starting that year. And uh, he did. And so we, we spent four summers together up there. I spent another two later on and we won two championships and, you know, we got really close and he, uh, he came, he showed up most of the time. And I, to be at Rucker Park the other day was uh, so far the highlight of my year. Cause I just, it, you have no idea what it was like to go back there and actually run into three guys who knew me who were sitting in the park. It was like, oh my God. So Julius and I, Julius and I were really tight for many years. We worked together at NBC. Uh, like you said, he was the best man at my wedding. So upset he didn't give me an acre or two of land on, you know, <laughs> in the Hamptons. But you know, whatever. I dealt with it. And uh, you know, since he's been divorced and remarried and living in Atlanta were not in touch that much, but he did my first podcast for me. And, uh, you know, as he said to me, of course, you're going to have me first. I was, I was the best man of your weddings, of course. And he was great. He was so great that I learned, I learned stuff myself. I got off saying to myself, I can't believe that I'm learning things on here. And he did. He, he, he was so honest about so many things. And, uh, you know, I told him, did you listen to it? No, but you should. So, <laughs> so I said to him, I said to him, well, you really should. You should listen to, to ones that count instead of, uh, instead of these people who are trying to pretend they know what was going on back then. But he, he, he uh, I, I said to him, you know, most people think that you gave me a lot of information. You know, I, I used to stay at his house, you know, out the year after every day, you know, all that stuff. I said, but you never gave me that kind of information. You always gave me great quotes. No question. You explained things about what was going on, but you never, never said anything negative uh, about the team or culture. I said, but I didn't need you. I had your wife. She told me everything. (laughs) (laughs) And he laughed. He laughed. They did the (laughs) board. All right. uh, Peter Vesey, I'll wrap up with this. It was, it was just Hall of Fame weekend. I don't know if you, uh, we're up there. You watched any of the um, what, what went down the no. speeches? You, okay, you uh, famously um, got in and you you made a speech in I think it was 2011. I've watched it um, on uh, YouTube. I don't know, Peter. If you had to do it again, would you change anything about your speech? First of all, it was 2009. 2009. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went in, I went in the same year Jordan went in. You should remember just for that. But yeah, well, no, I, I mean, I, there, there was a big debate. Who had a worse speech, you or Jordan? And a lot of people lean well, on Jordan. you know, again, again, people's perception is so is so ludicrous. I loved, I, I thought he plagiarized my speech, actually. <laughs> I but I, but I, why would I, why would I change anything? Uh, it's like Sam Smith, you know, who wrote the Jordan Rules. Yes. You know, he tells me, he says, nobody nobody will ever remember anybody else's speech that got up here, you know, that they got this award, but everybody remembers what you said. And, and I said, yeah, exactly. And I, and I said that, uh, I was going to turn it down. I am so against the, the, uh, the hall of fame. So against it. I'll, I'll tell you in a second, if you want to know, but, but, uh, 
I told the guy when he called me, I said, man, I don't, I don't really, I should have been in 10 years ago. You put people in there that, you know, they think <laughs> ludicrous who you put in, but it was all personal. I get it. And uh, I said, the only reason I'm going to accept, and I said this at the, at the speech is that now I'm in a position that perhaps people who are in power will listen to me regarding who belongs in the hall of fame. And I listed maybe, I don't know, eight, 10 names compared them to people who are in, you know, I think I said, you know, if Joe Dumars is in, well, how can Dennis Johnson not be, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm, And every guy, every guy that I mentioned is in the hall of fame today. And I, and I, and I was invited to attend two of those voting. I got two voting, uh, occasions, uh, and, um, had a lot to do with uh, certain people getting in. And uh, the reason I wasn't invited back after the second was that I didn't uh, follow Colangelo's orders. <laughs> and he's, he's a bully. He's a bully in the room, you know? And uh, so just follow my lead, Pete. No, I'm not going to do that, Jerry. No. And, and so, um, you know, I'll tell you one guy absolutely got into the hall of fame, you know, at least, that year, he might have gotten in the year after, was Rodman. Hmm. The, whole, the whole room was against him. And I didn't have to do my homework. I, I just look at the statistics and look at the wins, the championships, and you could, how could you keep that guy out? And so I turned, turned the room around from nine, it was nine people in the room, from nine to one, from eight to one. Wow. And then they had the vote and became nine zero. And then, and then it became, I don't know how many, uh, actually, but it, you needed 18 of 24 people in the room were nine. So I don't know who the other people were. It was done remotely, but you know, he got in and I know so Colangelo he, was really, wor- Colangelo was really worried that, you know, he was going to show up in a dress, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And, so um, it, it, yeah, it's like a popularity contest. It was like running for president yeah, in like- 10th grade. Or some, Popular, some like popularity that. and political and political. I mean, there's so much. Let me. I'll get right to the point. Nobody, of course, is going to write this. Nobody's going to write it. Nobody's going to even say anything about it. How does Jim Gray get into the Hall of Fame on on a category that was just fabricated out of thin air that he does not qualify for? First of all, how did he get in? I mean, you're going to have to figure it out yourself because. I don't really want to say, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I would bet, you know, much money on it, how he got in, but I'm not going to say. But it's certainly political. Absolutely so, wait, Jim Gray, wasn't he your colleague at NBC in the 90s? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have against Jim Gray? I, I, I think an I asshole. might have met him once. Oh, he's an asshole. I, I was unaware an of that. He could, be, he, could be, he could be the only guy in a room and be a star, he, he'd start a fight. <laughs> Maybe that's how we got into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you no, know, uh, no. You think about it someday when you, you know, when you get composed and try to figure out how Jim Gray got into the Hall of Fame. It's a joke. The fucking joke. That guy. Okay. Oh my god. Wow. Wow. Maybe we should. Should we end on that, or do you want to? Do you want to rip anyone else? No, that's fine. Exclamation point. Amen. Think about Jim Gray. Okay. (laughs) All right, Peter. Thanks a lot, man. Take it easy. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, 
That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything. Even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Defense. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian trained, high-ranking officer in the Secret Service. An Assassin Comes to Town, a six-part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. 